Welcome to episode 14 of the BBCE, the best book club ever. Whether you're an avid reader or just like to chillax and have fun or both, join us each week for some awesome book discussion. The BBCE is a safe place to cultivate authentic friendship, share our real lives with you and conquer all of life's problems, mostly. My name is Mandy. I am your host again this week. This is my second week hosting this book. And as always, I am joined by BBCE members Katie, Holly, and Sarah. This week, we are going to hopefully challenge the way that you see the world around you. But first, we always like to start with a random question. Um, so I want to ask all of you guys, like this is like the most age old, a most generic question ever, but I think it is so interesting. And I don't know this about you guys. So here's the question. What would you do with a million bucks if you won it off the lottery? I love this question. Oh, this yay. is awesome. Because you have okay. an answer to it. <laughs> I mean, a million dollars would go by so fast. Yeah. Okay, I'll answer first. Yeah, go This Holly. is Holly. I would not do anything like saintly and give it away or something like that. I would be completely selfish, okay? Just because this is a fun question. And I would build an amazing in-ground pool with a hot tub, with like all the lounge chairs, all the $1 million would go into a pool house and an in-ground pool with a jacuzzi. That sounds amazing. That, that is what would, I would be. I would, not, I would not pay off my house. I would not give it to charity. <laughs> I would not feed the homeless. Oh I would fill myself an in-ground pool. Okay. All right. Oh, All right. Awesome. I'm going to call, um, I don't know, Sarah next. Because I started oh, with gosh. Katie last time. So. Oh, I had two thoughts. Um, this is Sarah. So the first thought that I had was I would take, like, all of my family on like a vacation to, I don't know, the Dominican Republic or something like that. Um, my husband's from the Dominican or his family is from the Dominican. Um, and I've been there twice and I'm in love with that place. And so I'd love to take our whole family there, like my parents and my siblings. So that would be like an all inclusive, all the fun things like, Anything you could think of. Um, I mean, I have a big family, so I feel like that would be pretty expensive. Um, and then my second thought was I would, like, open a salon in my home. That was my second thought. Um, I don't know if a million dollars would cover that. Surely it would, right? Um, I think that would be really cool, too. Sarah has 23 immediate family members, like, in her family. Yeah. So that would be $43,478.23 that you could spend on your vacation per person. Oh, 43000 okay. per person? 43000 per person. Wow. That is yeah, an excessive really nice amount. <laughs> that will be so fun. Of course, I mean, we have to, like, buy plane tickets, and those aren't cheap. So, so you're giving, like, how much per person, Holly? It for a little over forty three thousand dollars because she has twenty three people in like her extended immediate family. Right. right. So how are you figuring it? 
like 23 people a million times divided what? by 23 oh yeah. you're saying you'd have yeah. 43,000 to spend on all those okay on, on each, each person, person. Woo. Math. So they could buy like math. math. And I'm not the one well, that's good at I thought you were saying that it would be this total <laughs> amount. And I was like, whoa, it'd be a lot more than that. But okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. This is Katie. I'll probably say like something really boring. Like we would probably, you know, spend some of it on our land. We would probably spend <laughs> some of it. Like, we'd probably invest some of it. Like, I'm just very, I don't know. I just don't think or dream about what I would, I mean, I don't, I just, all of yours sound really, really fun, and I'm sure, like, I would love to well, do it's reality any of those. And I actually got a million dollars. There's right. no way right. in this world so, I would actually spend it on I that. know, this is completely, like, obviously you have to live in this dream big world. which i'm very bad at doing obviously i'm like let's invest it all and do the same thing that we currently do spend it on our hat <laughs> you know like i'm good i'm very <laughs> so yep there's my non-answer i'm sorry this is Mandy again, and so what I would do with a million dollars, well, I mean, I have to start with taking a chunk off the top for taxes. So, um, well, I mean, I'm going to be legal about it that, so I can then enjoy That's why it. That's I would go to jail. Enjoy it with a clear conscience. Like, you're still going to have, I'm still going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what I ever did. So, um, Does that mean Holly's going to be repossessed because she didn't pay taxes on it? <laughs> Oh, that no, was I'll so I'll just be strange. in prison. <laughs> You'd rather go to prison than give your pool back. <laughs> well, think about it. Okay, tax evasion. You don't have to spend that many years in prison for nope. that, do you? You got to pay it. Oh, oh you're you still right. Have to pay you're, it. You're, well, either you pay it or maybe you go to jail if they actually get you for tax evasion, which that would yeah, be but I'm clear saying, tax evasion. If I go to jail, do I have to pay it or that's my penance? I don't. Oh, I don't. Oh, this is think. how we get arrested, guys, because we don't I pay think, taxes yes. on the million dollars I think we it's, have. I think it's illegal that you evade taxes, so you're going to go to jail. But <laughs> you also still owe the money, which is a separate issue. This is a practical dream this big question. Okay, I know. Okay, I'm going to pay my. Give it to the government. <laughs> I'm going to pay my taxes. Out of my million bucks, and then whatever I've left over, here's what I'm gonna do. I am going to buy a beach house. Ooh. And then I'm not gonna touch so that fun. money again. I'm gonna buy my beach house, furnish it the way that I want. I'm not gonna go crazy, crazy overboard buying one. I've watched HGTV and Beach House Hunters, and I think I could be able to get one really affordable. Um, yes. At a good good price, just modest enough, but right by the beach so that we could enjoy it and other people could enjoy it, furnish it, and then let the money sit or sit somewhere where it can continue growing. I think I just would not touch it again. So there we go. Good life now, choices. Now, let's, let's be real. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. I would probably take just a few measly thousand of it and do some things around my own house. So just to be... To be fair. Okay, so the next thing we're going to do, because we do this um, with all of our books, 
where it's time to rate the book. Dun, dun, dun. Have we even said what book we're talking about oh, this week? Hang on. I don't yes. know if we have or not. Okay, so the book that we um, are discussing this week, just like we did last week, is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. And um, you can catch some pretty good discussion on that from last week's episode. And we're going to continue discussion on it uh, in a fun way after we, I don't know, after we do some book clubbish things. Fun things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys keeping house things it's book yeah, club okay yes so one of the things we do with all of our books is we rate them so we rate them two different ways and this first way is a thumbs up or thumbs down not that any, anyone can see us thumbs up or thumbs down just simply did you like the book or not okay so everybody thumbs out and one two three Whoa! All of us. Whoa! I picked a book now where all of us liked it. Yay! Okay. Okay. So the next thing we do, this gives us a chance to like explain our answers that we just gave. Our thumbs up. So we have a grading scale A through F. And Holly, will you tell our listeners what A through F means? Yeah. A is all good. B is better than most. C is could have been better. D is disappointing, and F is failure on all levels. Okay. All right. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, this is Sarah. I guess I'll go first. I'm going to rate it, I don't know, better than most. I feel like maybe I could have had more, honestly. Um, like, I, I feel like listening to it, um, there could have been, like, more to it. Just because it was so interesting. And I know that there have to be mm. other um, things that have happened in this world that would, uh, that he would be able to like talk through and stuff like that. Um, and the way that he did with the stuff that was in the book. So maybe, maybe I just want like a second one or something. Like, but, um, go do ahead. Do you feel like he just skimmed the surface? Um, I don't know about skimming the surface, but I definitely feel like he opened a can of worms. <laughs> like, oh, I just okay. feel like I'm sure there's more. And mm. I mean, he got really, I feel like he got really deep into it. But I mean, this world has been around for centuries and it's a big world. And I'm sure mm. there's just a lot, a lot more to you. So I don't, mm. I don't know. Um, Good. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I would say B. Cool. All right. Um, Katie, are you ready? I'm going to give it C. Could have been better for me. Um, I am glad I read it. I did. I enjoyed, I think we talked about this in the first episode. I enjoyed the audio format of it. It was a fun listen. Um, moved very quickly. I, he's an awesome storyteller. He's just, I mean, I've read some of his other books, Outliers, I think I read a while back. Um, and so it's just very true to his style, but I think, man, I just, I don't think that some of the research was applied very well. I mean, it seemed like he was trying to like explain okay 
this is a theory developed by, you know, about defaulting to truth. And then he would take these really complicated things and then just tell like a real quick short story about one aspect of it. And I just, you know, I mean, obviously there was probably a little bit more to what was going on with the Jerry Sandusky case than just, oh, these people defaulted to truth. You know, mm-hmm. there was Did, there was more going on with a lot of those studies or stories, which... Yeah. So do you think that he, um, like, picked the parts and picked them apart to, like, match his points? Or just to match yeah, what he was Yeah, maybe studying? it was almost like that. It was almost like, okay, I'm going to, uh, instead of following... Um, a specific case through every argument and logic, it was like, I'm going to explain this one thing over here and then I'm going to draw this like random thing and try to match them. And sometimes it just didn't, there were a few, like it was the Sylvia Plath one, I think, and the Jerry Sandusky one. Actually there were quite a few, but those two really stood out to me where I was like, I just, I'm pretty sure that you, and I'm not sure if that's what he was trying to do, if he was trying to just explain it away based on these these ways that we get it wrong when we communicate with um, people. But it seemed like it's like, okay, this is what the book is about, talking to strangers. And now I'm going to try to... I've seen documentary films where they do that too, where it's like, I'm going to try to make my point by saying this one bad thing over here, and then I'm going to take this example and only like peg that one little part yeah that one little part of the example right yeah yeah that is very interesting yeah thank you Katie I love it like we do the thumbs up thumbs down but I love this a through f thing because like we like Katie rated it up but she she gave it a grade of a c which is great so it just yeah okay uh Holly I am going to give it a C as well. And basically the same reasons Katie is saying. This book was, what, a little shy of eight hours, correct? Yeah. And there are 12 stories in it. I didn't feel like all of the stories were streamlined. And so it got really confusing. Like, for part of it, I was like, what does this have to do? It was hard for me to see him wrap it up and be like, this is the point I'm trying to get across. Yes. Maybe I'm not in, like intelligent enough to listen to it That's... or to understand where he was going, but it was confusing to me. That's why I say it could have been better. Yeah. And I think he could have really knocked off a few of the stories, gone a little deeper into some of them, and made mm. his point a little bit more clearly. For oh. me. I'm like the opposite of Sarah. I wanted less story. <laughs> well, so maybe he should have taken what he had and done two separate like gone into these half of the stories more and done like a first thing and then a second and gone yeah. into those stories more because yeah. um, I got what he was saying with the Sylvia Plath and the suicide um, but it seems so out of left field yeah. and it came towards the end of the book and I was like this whole theory of suicide could be its own mm-hmm. 20 hour book you yeah. know yeah so that was me that's very good I, I think those are great points yeah I agree I felt like I think he just thinks on a different 
uh, like the way he thinks and processes and organizes information is a little different. Um, it's like you always had to remember, okay, here's the big picture. Here's the big picture. Here's yeah. the big picture. And anyway, um, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, okay, this is Mandy. And um, I, I'm going to give it an A just because I loved the way that it made me think. And I loved the way that it challenged me. And I'm even loving listening to all of you guys' thoughts on it right now. Like, it's challenging me even more. Um, and I love listening to those stories. I love history. And he went back to some history stuff and you know, Neville Chamberlain and Hitler and all of that. And that time period is pretty fascinating. But then some big news, you know, some big news stories he kind of went through. And I, I enjoyed that too like that was one of the things that attracted me to the book were all the things that he said he discusses so anyway I give it an I give it an A so which it's one of those thinking books and anyway so but I agree with all of you totally totally so um, and he mentioned yeah. your favorite show of all times I know I mean I did not I didn't yeah, it would, that was interesting. That is my favorite show of all time. It's my go-to. I bet I, I bet I turn it on three or four times a week. It's just so easy to watch. I can like, I can like quote about every episode. I don't know if I liked how he used it in the book though. But anyway, we don't have to discuss that. But <laughs> oh, yes, it was did. so technical. This eyebrow, this movement. <laughs> I was like, it's so true. Well, that didn't that? bother me. It, oh, anyway. it drove me crazy. <laughs> he did. Like he, t it took him a long time to make that one particular point. It was like, yeah. okay, yeah. so yes. you studied faces, like, and this should mean you're angry. Like, moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, different cultures too. That was interesting. Yes. Yes. Anyway, well, it's interesting that we all have those different opinions and thoughts and really they're all so different. This has been so fun because I mean, this book, it, it does get some bad press or some bad reviews. Like Katie, there are people who've written reviews that really just adamantly think it's horrible because of the things you were saying. But I mean, so, like, I read this one thing that said that um, academia is not a fan of Gladwell's processes, like, his thinking processes. But the argument to that is that, like, he's not processing for the sake of academia. Like, right. I felt like he was processing for the sake of, like, social issues or important topics or, like, I don't know, just to get out there what he was thinking. Um, like, like, things that are important. Um, but anyway, in reading that I also came across this um, and I love this it says we should measure our books not by our agreement with its ideas but by its power to make us think and I who said that okay. um you know I'm gonna have to look that up again it was in some article it was in a review that I read of the book it's probably Brene Brown she's no it was so. Amy Borama she just said that no, I, <laughs> I, I mean, it is the kind Guarantee of thing that so would appeal to me. If something makes me think it can be boring as anything, I'm going to finish it because it's just like, I, ooh. anyway, so I thought, I thought that was good. And I think it was applicable to Malcolm Gladwell's book. So here's how you could host your own book club of Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. For activity. 
you could watch a Friends episode. And then you could all, like, take turns trying to read each other's facial expressions. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Or you could play Two Truths and a Lie. You could play that game. I think it would also be kind of cool, since it's like talking to strangers, to do some type of, like, experiment with strangers like mandy for one of her classes had to act like silly or something what did you have to do i don't and she didn't do it and so she pretended to do it and she no i didn't get it no dear you didn't do no i did not pretend to do it i just didn't do the assignment Uh, yeah (laughs) what was the assignment though it was like to do something really weird in public and then to see how strangers would react to it or watch the reaction that's awesome Location, university campus, or a prison. <laughs> I mean, like, this, <laughs> this book is all over the place. The book club is going to be all over the place. Could just go. If you break into a university campus, you can go to prison. We could just book club there. <clears throat> we could just go sit in a prison yard. Yeah, great. <clears throat> oh, that's um, awesome. Okay, so for a favor, you could get each other some handcuffs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow, we are. I mean, yeah. some of you guys may already have some. I don't know. So, <laughs> for that kind of leads me to what to attire. I thought of jail clothes. Yes. You know, like like orange orange flip flops. Um, How do you know what people wear in jail? <laughs> orange. Flip-flops. No, I'm just saying. I was thinking <laughs> orange flip flops. <laughs> Is that a thing? I was thinking we could all wear orange, and I was thinking I'd have to get orange flip-flops. Oh, you guys. (laughs) Stop. Oh, gosh. From the commissary. I'll put some money in your commissary. (laughs) That'll be your favorite. Because I don't know how you would find, like, the black and white jailbird clothes, you know? You could find orange. Yeah. You could... Well, yeah. okay. it you depends on what block you're on, what color you wear. Some people wear blue. Some people wear green. How some do you know that? Red. How do you that orange is the new black? I watch a oh. lot of yeah. okay. crime shows and jail shows. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. okay. I have never seen orange flip-flops in their commissary, though. Holly would <laughs> well, have the best hair in jail. All right. What about food? That so. one story about... The society that, like, only drank on Friday nights. Like, they had a really rigid custom of drinking. Like, it was was in their society for only, like, this one very, very, very specific thing. Like, you could not do it. But when they did do it, (laughs) they drank excessively for days. So much. And then it was like nobody had any actual like problems they didn't have any social problems nobody was fighting nobody was you know but it was because it was like we know what this purpose is and I feel like I'm sorry I brought that random story up because of food but I feel like they talked about like they just had a really huge party and there was lots of food and so maybe yeah I don't remember where it was Holly I really don't but whatever that culture is maybe we could figure out some kind of their food i'm not suggesting that we (laughs) do everything they did but their food so that's the only food from the book that i kind of remember i mean we could probably find prison food and yeah that's what i was 
Yeah, it looks. Or gross. there was the guy that was <sighs> a prisoner um, that they tried to get information from. Um, uh, yeah. Yep. What was that? Oh, the we CIA operative drink guy. Drink water. Yeah, they talked about waterboarding. I can't yeah. understand yeah. that. Uh, that was yeah. like scary to <clears throat> even think about. Ugh. Yeah, mm-hmm. food was. That was hard to. Food, food is kind of a tough one for this book. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could just so, go to a strange restaurant that we've never been to and talk to the owner because they'd be a stranger. So there you go. We could have food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for music, um, uh, definitely you'd want to try to find the theme song that he used. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that called again? Um, you tomball. It's called... Uh, here it is. Um, Hell, Hell You, you. Taumbout by Janelle Monet. Oh, Hell man, you didn't botch you that. Taumbout. T-A-L-M-B-O-U-T. I thought every time I heard that lyric, I really thought it was saying, what the hell you talking about? Every time. Really? Every time they were playing that song, it sounded to me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Hell you tombout. I, uh, I don't know what a tombout is. I don't know. I what might the, have I'm going to have to look that up through some of that. I don't either, I, but I got I goosebumps the when they would be like, um, Sandra Bland, say your name. Yes. Sandra Bland, say her name. And all Freddie the other Gray. people that they listed Freddie. off, I was yeah. just like, whew, it that was. Is, a really powerful song. Yeah, it was a really good song. Awesome ideas, guys. Thank you very much for filling in. I honestly just, that was that was a tough one for me. Okay, um, so let me just, I wanted to ask you guys, what story fascinated you the most and why? I, I think the one about suicide and um I'm trying to find uh Sylvia Plath and then who was the other lady uh, uh Sandra Bland no it was the other poet there was the, the other poet, poet who but committed suicide yeah I so can't I think of her that, name yeah I I don't I can't remember I thought that whole thing was super interesting as far as like coupling and stuff like that and it just mm. Uh, really want, uh, really makes me want to kind of research more into that and like how it can affect us in other ways besides just like suicide. Um, I thought that was super interesting. And then the other one I thought was interesting, not so much the story, but like the concept of about trying to get information, pull information from people who are, um, in custody and like like the waterboarding um, and the different ways that we try to get information from people that are like prisoners of war or whatever um, and how it the information can then be skewed because their minds are being messed with and how it's not oh, accurate yeah. anymore. I thought mm-hmm. those two things really stood out to me the most. Sarah, could you, uh, you talked about coupling and I want to make sure our listeners kind of know <laughs> what that is. Could you just real quick, what, what that is? Um, so coupling is how you have, I don't know if I can explain this well, um, where you have a person 
or people and they're in a specific circumstance and so that causes tends to cause like a more of a specific outcome yeah that- yeah like there's got to be there there can't just be like a person that causes the outcome it's got to be the person meeting into a certain context or a certain situation right. yeah okay so I, okay. I could give an example but I don't know <laughs> if we want to take that time um I have a personal example, but we don't have to. Uh, Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Yeah. You can cut it if you want to. Um, So I think that for me, um, I have a coupling experience with um, my sister-in-law, Charlize, which we've talked about this. She and I have talked about this and also my family because um, uh, when she came into our family was right after or during the time of when our son Benson died. And so, um, she and my brother got married, um, Benza died at the end of May. They got married at the end of June. She moved, she came to town for the wedding. And so they immediately left after they got married, um, to live in Pennsylvania where she was from. And so anytime they would come into town, um, I would, and then leave to go back home Um, or if I went to go see her and we would come back home, I would experience, um, almost like mourning all over again. Um, it was like this, um, just like really sadness, like really deep sadness. Um, and so I think Mm. now I was experiencing coupling, but I didn't realize it. Mm. Is that, you think that's accurate? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it, it like they were put in that circumstance, mm-hmm. and that right. that caused you to have a reaction, right? Like the Whereas abandonment. If, like, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I'm not sure I quite explained that the right way, but yeah, I don't. I mean, that I whole coupling thing, I it could have been a whole entire book. Yes. Um, And my favorite part of the book, this is Holly was the not favorite part. That sounds horrible. Was the Sylvia Plath, um, the poet that committed suicide as well. Um, And then they talked about other like situations where people would commit suicide and how it was easier for some people with the ovens and the type of gas that there was. And then how some people that it wasn't as readily available, they made it more challenging and they ended up not committing suicide. All of that was, I had no idea what it had to do with talking to strangers, (laughs) but (laughs) like it really interested me. Hmm. Maybe we can find a book about that. Well, our next book talks about suicide. I know. Oh, I mean, right. I'm not saying that. I just. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yay! <laughs> I know. Yes. It's Can't so wait. terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, my It's not what I meant. <sighs> I felt like, man, so was it Sarah said he opened up a can of worms? I mean, could he have... <laughs> I'm going to be Chandler Bing since they did a Friends <laughs> reference. Could he have been any more controversial? Like, he talked yeah. about the the Brock Turner, the Sanford swimmer. He was... Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> that's you right. Know, well, he was convicted of um, sexual assault and um, mm. quite a few charges. Wound up only spending three months in jail. 
And, but he, so Malcolm Gladwell was talking about like the situation of a frat party, how many barriers to being able to understand like an interaction with a stranger, you know, cause you go to a party and you start talking to somebody or dancing with someone and you leave with someone that you don't know. And you, there's no real like set way to know what anything means as far as consent to begin with. And then you've got potential of blacking out and not even being able to remember what happened. So I don't think that, I mean, I think the case that he used was really not the one that I think proved it very well. I mean, you know, in my opinion, this is totally just my opinion. First of all, if you ever meet a guy named Brock Turner, run the other way. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm just being ridiculous. My sarcasm filter is just real low right now. (laughs) But if you ever meet a guy named Brock, just run. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, I just don't think that was the right case. Cause I think she was, I mean, I think she was unconscious. And so pretty sure that he was doing something in that situation that was pretty awful and you can't, but I think like what Malcolm Gladwell was saying was like, there is an equation. And if you take one number out of this equation, like it may I don't know. This is such a hard one to talk about. I mean, it really is controversial, but Mm -hmm. alcohol does inhibit our ability to understand what's going on. And I would not think that I just, I think what he was saying was like, there is this rise of these cases happening. And he's saying, let's try to do something about it. And so like, if you really want to, Mm -hmm. um, consider ways to decrease this like why wouldn't you consider alcohol as Mm -hmm. you know I mean it was there that I mean you know it's like it wasn't like it wasn't there so to just say it it wasn't a factor would be like saying it Mm -hmm. wasn't there but it was so yeah I don't know and I thought that was yeah I mean I think it's hard to tell though like would it still have happened you know, well, it's kind of like we'll never what I was know saying. if those things will right. still happen without it. But but I think the chances of that are are lower. <laughs> like, um, right. Like, I'm not saying that he gets off the hook like, oh, well, you know, it, he wouldn't have ever done that. We don't yeah. know. And there are yeah. I mean, there are yeah. cases where people are assaulted and there's no alcohol involved. I'm not saying that that's like the only contributing factor, but in this, in the campus scene, there's a correlation of like, if you just remove the alcohol from those situations, maybe there would be less. Yeah. So there's not a correlation. You're right. There's not a correlation. Right, exactly. That's that's the rule. But yeah, is the I, correlation there? I like I don't I mean it's been proven. That's 
and quite honestly, everything he said about alcohol is was spot on. It was a very interesting discussion. But yeah, everything it, you're well, saying. Yeah. Whew. I mean, he made the point that you just I thought it was interesting how quickly he talked about like how quickly blackouts can happen and mm-hmm. what that looked like on you know, on the medical side of it. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I mean, you may actually never remember what happened. Yeah. So this is Mandy. I, um, the Amanda Knox case, um, that, that case just kind of creeps me out a little bit in general. I mean, it was a creepy case anyway, but she was wrongly accused, but it was because of her reactions, like her facial reactions and the way she spoke. People didn't believe her. And like, I just look at her and I'm like, I think I would have the exact same reactions. I think I would just be like stone faced, shocked. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. I I just, I, I saw myself in that, you know? And, um, so I just, I just hated that she was so wrongly accused. Um, that story just really bothers me. Like they, took her facial expressions and her yeah she hasn't made the best choices in life you know and made her a murderer and I just think how many times like if I'm upset about something a lot of times or if something weird happens a lot of times I'll just stare into space and people are like are you are you okay like my mom knows I do that you know um so I don't know that that was one of my favorite parts. I just thought about those kinds of things. So anyway, and then the queen of Cuba story, the CIA snitch. Oh my word. All the, Oh, I mean, how many years was she a CIA operative for Cuba? And she even had a boyfriend in DC who had no idea. And all this stuff. (gasps) I bet there's a movie out there about her. I would love to watch that because yes. Did anyone look her up like her picture? Because I, I totally think I think, gosh, I think I did actually. All I can think of is queen of Cuba. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's all we have in the show notes. Queen of Cuba. I I was like, man, that is so scary. Like, do we really not? Belen Mons. What? Anna is. Yeah. Anna. Yeah, Belen Montez. Yeah. Like, do we really not know people that poorly? Like, do we really, like, oh, they had no idea. Like, they didn't even well, want to admit it. Well, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks scary? Okay, like Amanda Knox. She didn't look scary. She was charged with a well, This one has crime. that R.I.B. that and, uh, Katie was talking about in the other podcast. And yet yeah, nobody. It surprises me. And yet nobody wanted to R-B-F. think that she was. <laughs> like, so this lady looks totally creepy, but yet no one could believe or wanted to believe that she was this like snitch for Cuba. But yet Amanda Knox uh, doesn't look anything like that. And everyone wants to accuse her. Yeah, we get it wrong it's on crazy. both sides. And I think we just use things to whatever story we want to tell. Like, do you know what I'm I saying? I think that's where social media comes in. Like, like the whole friends Ooh. episode, like that is not 
how we relate with people. I mean, okay, so generally speaking, yeah, we're fed this information from the time we're little, mm-hmm. and it's not true. <laughs> so what? So what if, like, he didn't? Malcolm Gladwell did not talk about social media and this issue of the people around us being strangers at all. Like, do you think that changes, like how changes things? Like how hard is it to tell things from social media? Uh, Do you like, does anyone even like actually bother trying? I mean, (laughs) I really, I'm just being, when I read things, Oh, I have, I have had to stop social media. Um, because when I read things that I don't agree with, um, or that's like, really being mean to something that I believe we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. I feel like that friend is like shouting at me from the computer screen. And I'm like, would you talk to me like this face to face? You know, also Amanda Knox, she is hot. (laughs) Yeah. She's beautiful. (laughs) She's really pretty. Well, they, I think they use that too. It was like, she's just this, you know, like she's really pretty. Yeah. Like hot girls are mean girls. Yeah, and like right. her, even her um, her nickname from the soccer team in high school, Foxy Noxy or whatever. Right. Like uh-huh. they even used uh-huh. that against her. Like like that she's, oh 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 my goodness, the things that people could just like. I mean, that's why you don't run for political office because then everything's gonna be used against you in whatever way. Yeah, you better like, be ready. And yet, and yet, you know, we are far from knowing who our political leaders really are. We're far from knowing, you know, (laughs) I'm like, that's why I don't know. I'm just trying to listen to to my truth during these times. I mean, Mm -hmm. we just, yeah, (laughs) I think we talked about that in the other episode. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I have, uh, this is, I'm so excited about this. Okay. Malcolm Gladwell has a podcast called revisionist history. And he has actually done an entire podcast on the Queen of Sheba. It is... You mean Cuba? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Queen of Sheba. (laughs) The Queen of Cuba. (laughs) And uh, anyway, he did a whole podcast on it. It is season four, episode 11 of his podcast, Revisionist History. So... Oh, fun. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be really interesting. Um, man, I I had a couple more things I kind of wanted to go through, but I think we've, I think we've, we're good. <laughs> Does anybody else just have anything else that they wanted to touch on or anything that they missed wanting to talk about or anything? I really enjoyed this book. It's a great book. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Malcolm Gladwell is to thinking like Jimmy Fallon is to comedy. I say it all the time. I love them. I am liking Jimmy Fallon's um, at home uh, version of The Tonight Show. It's I so love it. I don't want it to stop. Oh, see, I. <laughs> anyway, I'm having a hard time with His it. little girls are so Jimmy cute. Fallon it's is my yeah. man, though. All right, guys. <laughs> be the best and subscribe to our show on the platform of your choosing. We are pr- out there pretty much everywhere. Um, you could even write us a review, and we would absolutely love it to hear from you. Um, You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the BBCE. You can investigate our Instagram at 
instagram.com slash the bbce and you can wander into our lovely little world at www.thebestbookclubever.com where you can check out our blog and find more information about all of the things that we have discussed in this week's show and don't forget be the best you that you can be because after all there's only one of you the end now it's time for some bloopers we're gonna have some bloopers yes i'm sure yeah and then one of them came downstairs thumping even louder two steps at a time (laughs) i heard him (laughs) oh okay i am so sorry and you saw me get mad at my kid okay so that was you getting mad (laughs) yeah well i couldn't be out loud but i was like child please put down the knife right now i don't think it's safe walk away just calmly walk away okay remember you're loved and special as wide as my mouth could go to that child oh they're so precious right (laughs) but we are all distancing inside of our house and anyway okay can you do that? Are you allowed to distance inside your own house? <laughs> <laughs> There's no point, Please tell me. Well, there is a point, actually. There's a huge point in that. Yeah, that's I will true. Take Ooh, we should have started that. If I lock my children ago. outside, that is me distancing. We should have started. The house, the oh, I've been watching Sarah's. Sarah has that's teenagers, funny. and I've been watching her daughter's Instagram, and she's like, Mom locked us out of that. Or like, <laughs> this is our outside time or whatever. The way she made it sound was like, Mom threw us out here. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Oh, oh my goodness. I I should have implemented that from the very beginning, guys. We are social distancing. Yes. We all have to stay <laughs> six feet apart in our house. Right. No, no extra mom. No all right. climbing in my bed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, hang on. Oh, Holly, I am. This so is long and boring. Holly, I am I'm so sorry. sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can I try it completely over? <laughs> yes, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it again. This is the worst part of it for me every time. I like get nervous and going the synopsis into it. Is, I hate the synopsis and the plug. I, I'm like, I get so nervous. I can't so wait to hear out. about it again. You guys are like, just stop. Oh my gosh. Okay, shh. Ever be quiet. I'm going to do it. You're doing great. You're doing great. Shut up. You're awesome. So entertaining. <laughs> I know. Okay. Someone give her a beat. Give her Can you a give beat. Me marshmallow? Okay, I'm already nervous. I want to get this done. I'm giving you a beat to make it a little more entertaining. Okay.